the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we're at a liturgical tipping point. It's been six days since the Nativity, and then six days until Theophany. We're right in the middle between these two great feasts. We are on also on this day, it is also called the leave-taking of Christmas, or of Nativity. It's also called the Sunday before Theophany. So we have a mix of these two themes within the day today. These two great feasts are so close together that we get to celebrate both of them on this day. On the one hand, this is the seventh and final day of the Christmas feast. No, there are not 12 days of Christmas in the church. There are seven days of Christmas. And on this day, we commemorate and remember the incredible humility of our Lord. That as we say, he condescended to be born in a cave and lay in a manger for our salvation. And on this day, we celebrate also that the tree of life has been born in the Virgin, as the hymns proclaim. The tree of life has come. That... uh, That place of our salvation at the tree of life has now come in the flesh and arrived and has dwelt among us. And everything that God had in his plan for salvation sees its fulfillment in the incarnation of Christ. And furthermore, this great work of our Lord has completely obliterated the devil's work. We see this in the the hymns that we just sang uh, a few days ago, commemorating the Holy Innocence. There's this beautiful hymn that says, he was fooled, referring to Herod, the one who killed the Holy Innocence. He was fooled, and he offered you a choir of martyrs. What happened was that this horrible act that Herod did by the work of the devil was completely overcome by God's goodness. God received instead a choir of martyrs. And this is a little image of all the work that God does, overcoming the devil constantly. Most importantly, with the incarnation of Christ. Because, you know, after the snake in the garden, the devil really thought he had control. He thought that he was in charge of this world. And God even says, the ruler of this world... And yet, through the coming of Christ, and we see this especially on the Feast of Pascha, death has been overcome. The devil is powerless because everything that the evil one does through us, God swoops in behind and does good. So this is also the proclamation of the nativity. But we are also celebrating this great Feast of Theophany. And on this Feast of Theophany, a profound thing occurs. God comes in the flesh. He enters into the River Jordan. For those of you who have ever visited the River Jordan, it's a very humble river. It's only maybe about 20 or 30 feet wide. It's all muddy in the middle of a desert. But him entering those waters sanctified the waters and made it such that every single baptism that occurs is in the waters of the Jordan River that have been sanctified by Christ. And so his baptism is fundamentally different from ours because ours is a baptism to wash away sins. His was a baptism to sanctify the waters 
so that we could all be baptized and receive that sanctification from him through the River Jordan. So we're anticipating this great feast that is coming up here in just a few days. We're at this tipping point, but we're also at a tipping point within our culture today because millions of people tonight will ring in the new year. That tipping from 2023 to 2024, which has become quite a cultural ritual in a culture that's been stripped of all of its rituals. Thus, New Year's Eve has grown and grown over the years and become this big central celebration within our culture. If you think about it, what's it a celebration of? The flipping of a calendar? That time marches on? What is it that we're celebrating? But this is what our culture celebrates because we have nothing that is left to celebrate because we've left everything behind. So instead, we celebrate this turning of the clock. And we do this whole ritual of we remember the things of the past year. Maybe we're thankful that some of them are over. Maybe we look back on them with nostalgia. Then we look forward to the next year. We have all our hopes and dreams placed upon that next year, as though a year has anything to place hopes and dreams upon. But this is what we do. So in today's gospel, we hear about a more profound tipping point rather than the turning from 2023 to 2024. We hear of that tipping point in the person of St. John the Baptist. In the gospel, it says, quoting from the prophets Malachi and, and Isaiah, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who shall prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. This gospel reading again is read today because today is the Sunday before Theophany. And so we're reading this gospel in anticipation of our Lord's baptism. But what is this tipping point that I'm talking about in John the Baptist? Well, he's the last or the greatest of the prophets. He's also the first of the martyrs, the first of the desert monastics. And so everything that has happened in God's plan for our salvation ever since the fall, everything has been leading up. God has been sending his messengers and his prophets year after year, century after century, all the way to the final prophet, and that's John the Baptist. And that final prophet brings in something completely new and different, which is that God will be coming in the flesh. The Messiah will be coming. So he is the last of the prophets, and then he also becomes the first of the martyrs for Christ, because he was martyred out of his unwavering proclamations of Christ's coming and of all the sin that was occurring in the world, including in Herod's own life. St. John the Baptist is also a tipping point in that transition from the prophets like Elijah into that desert monastic life that has occurred within the church since that time. Like Elijah, he, came, he, he has come and pro proclaimed our Lord unwaveringly to the point even of death. Our Lord, in fact, called St. John the Baptist Elijah. He said to his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. And it says the disciples understood him to be referring to John the Baptist. 
So John the Baptist is this tipping point between everything that is the Old Covenant and what has become the New Covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that great hand of John the Baptist touched our Lord and placed him into the waters, sanctifying the waters so that all of us could receive baptism through him. So on this day, we see a lot of different tipping points that are happening, but I'd like to speak finally about the most important tipping point for us. More than this little cultural celebration of New Year's Eve, even more than these feasts and this great example of John the Baptist is the tipping point within our very own heart. The most profound tipping point is not something external to us, but internal to us. It's the tipping of our own noose toward God, our turning toward God, the heart of our soul. This event takes place each and every day, not just on one particular day. We open our noose to God and to the things that are his, or we open our noose to other things, the things that are passing and worldly. Yesterday, I was listening to a talk by Metropolitan Athanasios of Limassol, who is an incredible speaker. You can look up Metropolitan Athanasios on YouTube. You can find articles from him. If you've read the book Mountain of Silence, that uh, in that book there's a Father Maximus, and he is now known as Metropolitan Athanasios. So Metropolitan Athanasios was talking about spiritual tears. That was what the talk was about, and the importance of tears within our prayer life. And in his talk, he shared a little bit about St. Paisios, who he knew personally about the noose and how we can tip our noose toward God. He said, St. Paisios used to say that the noose of a man resembles a mill, just as you add wheat to the mill and get flour and you're able to make good breads. If you add wheat, you will get flour, but if you add stones, you will get dirt. The same goes for the noose. You add spiritual labor to the noose, such as the Jesus prayer, it will then give you holy sentiments, and the inside of your heart will cleanse, and holy things will spring from the heart. If you add dirty thoughts, then you'll get bad sentiments and bad dispositions. This is why Christ says, from the heart of man come all the passions and all the weaknesses. And the whole work of our church is to cleanse our hearts. And we cleanse our hearts with prayer. The Holy Spirit acts in our hearts, and the heart of man cleanses by herself. Then she is filled with clean and holy senses. She is filled with holy images. And he goes on a little bit more to talk about the image of the inside of the church. How within the church, everything points us toward holy things, towards God. All of our senses of smell, of sight, of hearing. And then he also analogizes that to what is it that we put in front of us in our daily lives? What are the images that we see? What are the images that we put in front of us? What are, we, what are the sounds that we hear? Because in doing that, in putting these, as you will, these things into the mill of our noose, what are we producing? Yes, we come to church and we produce, by God's grace, good flour that can become good bread in the noose, but also throughout the rest of our day, throughout the rest of our week. What is it that we're putting in? What is it that we're producing? It helps us to have a little bit more clarity about the things we should put in front of our eyes, 
and the things we should not put in front of our eyes and the things we should have in our ears and the things we should not. My brothers and sisters, what are the images in the church of my daily life? What are the images that pollute my news? Take a moment and think of your own day. To use St. Paisus' analogy, those are the spiritual rocks. The things that we, as we ponder and think about, we're putting into ourselves. And so, like Christ says, from the heart of man come all the passions and the weaknesses. This is the starting point. This is the place where everything needs to tip and turn towards God. Because if it doesn't start from here in that right place, then it doesn't matter what is all the externals because our internal is off. Our internal is no longer producing that good bread, that good flour, as St. Paisios describes it. We must make our news ready to receive Christ. Last week when I spoke about the manger of our heart, we must make our noose into a place that welcomes God, a place that receives God's grace. If we have so many other images and sounds coming into us, we're making it a place that is not available for God. We must prepare ourselves and make ready. This is one of the themes of all the Christmas hymns, is make ready, prepare. So many of the hymns say, make ready, Ephrathah, make ready, prepare, Bethlehem. Because Christ is coming. How do we prepare our own news? Because this is at the very heart of all things. There's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 56, that says, My heart is ready, Lord, my heart is ready. May this be the prayer of our every day. We wake up in the morning and we say, My heart is ready. In light of that, what will I put in front of my eyes? What will I listen to? What will I witness? If I keep that at the very center of my life, my heart's preparedness, my heart's readiness for God, he will come. And he will make this little meager abode into a glorious mansion in which all of his grace and all of his gifts will come forth and they will spring forth out from our noose, out of our mouth, sanctifying all those around us. But this is the starting point. So as we invariably in some way have some meager celebration of the turning of the calendar, and as we have the greater celebration of these feast days from the Nativity to Theophany, let us remember the words of St. John the Baptist. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. Our old man must decrease so that Christ himself can increase in us. Amen.